0: Welcome back, everyone. Today, I have an awesome interview with Emily. She is a business strategist and mindset expert with more than a decade of business building experience. She's an author, top 200 global podcast host, and the founder of the brand Aligned CEO. As a coach, she supported hundreds of entrepreneurs across the world helping them overcome limiting patterns, align with their inner power, and create breakthrough results in their business. So she combines science-backed mindset tools with spirituality and the practical steps of growing a business. This holistic approach has allowed her to repeatedly produce unreasonable results. So our conversation was so good. We had amazing chemistry in the sense that we were so great at ping-ponging off of each other, getting into the nuances. We shared some really different examples of our own experiences of growing a business, her scaling quickly, me not scaling quickly. We reframed a lot of typical language that you hear in the coaching industry. So it's a very curious conversation and I'm very excited for you to listen. So before we dive in, I just want to remind you that right now I have a special giveaway happening for the podcast channel. The details are in the show notes, but if you leave a review on Apple and Spotify and send me the screenshot on Apple, in the Google document, in the notes, then you're going to get entered into win a one-on-one session with me or my Jean Keys business guide. So this is valid until March 6th. So be sure to check the show notes after you dive into the episode. Emily, I'm so excited to have you here today. So before we dive into things, I just want to tell our listeners a little backstory. So Emily and I connected because we were in a money seminar through a personal development company called Landmark Worldwide. So if you've been listening to my channel for a while, you'll know that I brought up Landmark here and there. But her and I connected and we connected because- we were talking about things in our life and in our business. And I was like, I think she's in the coaching industry. Like I'm pretty sure she's in the coaching industry. And then on Zoom, she had all these insane plants. Like, I know you're listening right now. You're not going to see this, but she has this fucking jungle in the background. And so we just immediately connected and, you know, started chatting on WhatsApp. And I thought, oh my God, this is amazing. I want to have her on the channel because we've got so many similarities. So we're going to have a really, really great conversation today. And I'm excited for you to listen. So Emily, welcome to Living in Fierce Alignment. I'm really pumped to have you here.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. And yeah, I I had the same experience in the seminar. You know, whenever you see someone in a distance that you're like, are those my people? And I just like kept being like, oh yeah, that's, we're going to connect for sure. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here.
0: Oh my God. Yes. It was so good. And I just thought it was funny because it was like, it took us several weeks to actually connect but it was just every seminar I'd like see her on zoom or she'd share about something. I'm like, fuck, I resonate with that. And it was just, I think it just started progressing. And then eventually we exchanged numbers and it was just, there's so many things to talk about. So I love when you find your people and then you end up having so much in common. Like obviously we just talked about plants for like 10 minutes before we hit record, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Same experience here. It was awesome. So I would love to kick off our conversation. If you can share, how you got into your business. And then we're really just going to carry on the conversation and dive into some juicy stuff, which I'm excited about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, the kind of like TLDR of me getting into business was I've always been entrepreneurial, my whole life I have been. And then I was interested in I guess like I never thought that having a business could be an option for me but I was always interested in business development so when I went into the my career after college I was always working in startups I was always like hanging out with the CEOs and just kind of be like okay how did you do this how'd you do that you know that's that's just definitely been the way I've always oriented myself and then I ended up having a near-death experience when I was 25 years old and it really radically changed the way that I looked at my life and honestly how I'd been taking for granted that I would live forever and that I could, you know, just had all this time to do everything I wanted to do. So at that time, I really started looking at being an entrepreneur differently, like as an actual legitimate option in my life. (laughs) That being said, having an injury like that, there was a lot of healing from it. You know, I had, I wasn't like totally up to par just yet. And so there was a long journey for me to actually start this business, but it definitely came in stages of recognizing that it was even possible for me. And then finally in 2020, I saw so many friends struggling to build their business or struggling to make enough money that I was like, well, I know all these things that you guys are talking about. Like, I know how I can help. And so I I just started doing free workshops. And at that time, I wasn't calling myself a business coach or anything. I like was just, you know, I just know I can help. I kept showing up. People had amazing results. And everyone was like, will you coach me? Will you coach me? And it just kind of organically morphed into now what is the Align CEO. So a really cool journey.
0: I love that you've always had this curiosity for entrepreneurship because I was kind of the opposite where I just never thought I could be an entrepreneur. I was like, oh, I don't have a business degree. That's something that's like over there, like, oh, entrepreneurs, like men are entrepreneurs, women are not entrepreneurs. Like I had so many self-limiting beliefs. And so I love that you had this deep rooted curiosity to just ask questions and get into it. And you just continued to follow the little breadcrumbs to, you know, got, they got you to where you are right now, which is, I think is really cool. I'm so glad
1: you brought that up, actually, because yeah, it's, it's funny that I, I didn't have that experience, but I work with so many people who do. And it's almost gotten me more fired up about this business and being even more loud. And I don't care if I piss people off. I don't care if I provoke someone, you know, like, because there are so many people. I mean, I've had people around the world say what you just said, that, oh, only men can be entrepreneurs, even if you don't consciously believe that or know that you believe that a lot of women hold themselves back and they they tend to play on the sidelines because of beliefs like that. So that's why a lot of the work I do is around recognizing what is holding us back from just going in full force and having fun with it, really. So I'm so glad you said that.
0: Yes, oh, I'm just so, the playful energy that you're bringing to the conversation right now is like so refreshing. And actually one thing that we are going to be diving into today for the listeners, we're going to be talking about what it means to go to the next level And how that doesn't just have to be about money, because I feel like this is a great entry for this specific topic, because as a woman in entrepreneurship, we think going to the next level and a lot of the talk in the coaching industry is about going to the next level of income, like it's just focused on money. And so I'm really curious to hear your insights on this. And then we're just going to riff on it because I totally have some ideas that I want to share as well. Yeah.
1: Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. Yeah. So that is so true. What I have found is I call myself a business coach because people often hire me in order to make more money. But when we really start working together, what often ends up happening is that they go to the next level in their self-love, in their excitement about their business, in their sense of fulfillment and satisfaction and authentic connections in their lives. Like so many other things happen. And it's funny because we're so attached to money as a result, right? And it's tangible. It's easy to say like, I'm more successful because I made more money. But that doesn't often bring the level of satisfaction and the level of authentic connection that really likes makes our life like so rich and meaningful. So when I talk about going to the next level with my clients, a lot of it is actually exploring, like, what do you actually want in life? Like, what will make your life more fulfilling, more beautiful, more these things that we don't often ask ourselves about? Like, I have worked with people who are making a lot of money, but they're so unfulfilled. (laughs) And they're like, why am I doing this? And then they burn out. And then, you know, it's just there's a whole world beyond money that we can explore in going to the next level. But I'd love to hear your thoughts, too, because this is a huge topic.
0: Yeah, I think looking back on my entrepreneurial journey, and it's funny, I started my business in 2019 and I have journals since the beginning. And looking back in those journals, I was so fixated on, oh, I want to make 10K months. Like that was just the the fucking thing, you know? If I make 10K months, then I'm successful. Like that, it was so indoctrinated into my brain and it was, it was so heavy. Like I look back at this and I think, I really genuinely thought, that making $10,000 a month would solve all my problems. I thought it would give me confidence. I thought that it would mean that I was legit enough that more people would hire me. I could talk about the money I was making online. Like it would give me credibility. And really what I'm getting to now being like over five years into my business is looking back and it's like, I was so externalized in terms of my success and my worthiness was attached to something external. And it's like, of course that never would have lasted. That never would have lasted if that's what happened. And for me, it's so funny. I literally just recorded a podcast episode where I identified myself as a late bloomer bloomer in business where it took me, it took me, it ended up taking me three and a half years to have a 10K k month in my business, which is hysterical. Like people don't talk about this, right? But it was that time and realizing, oh, I actually need to focus on, the mundane unimportant watch well, it is important but what we think is unimportant shit to create the foundation which is again the mindset piece but then also actually looking at what is the strategy that you're going to be committed to refining for the next 10 years Kayla because money is a consequence of all of that so that's really how I've I've shifted and you and I, I think we can actually dive in a bit to the money seminar as well we'll talk about that but I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on what I just shared
1: Oh my God. Yes. So good. Yes. It's so true. And so I had the opposite experience. I had my first 10K, uh, five figure month because it was a little over 10K within like two months of starting my business. Like it was so soon, which, oh yeah, sounds great, right? Well, I freaked out. Like, (gasps) <laughs> I literally got way too big, way too fast, freaked out, and like ended up like kind of putting my business on pause for a year. Because remember, this all happened organically for me. People are asking me for it, yada, yada, yada. Well, now all of a sudden I would be on a video with literally a million people watching me, literally. And then I like had and I was like, this is too much. It's craziness. So I couldn't handle it. And I often tell people that like, we always wish for that instant success, but I actually think that that quick success set me back a full year because I spent a full year getting a job, getting stuff figured out and going back to those foundational mindset tools because I just hadn't done that work in advance. So there's no wrong way to learn that, but I think we often wish our journey was different than it is when like the grass isn't always greener on the other side. I always tell people like, have that strong foundation. And then when you you start having 10K months, it's sustainable and you're having fun doing it, right? Like you're doing it in a way that you're not attached to the outcome rather than if you're doing it for the money, you're gonna have a month where you don't make that much. Like it's just gonna happen. And then all of a sudden you have this psychological battle. (laughs) What's going on? What did I do wrong? Like, yeah, you're not, but if you're not attached to that as a meaning, then you have so much more freedom to play around and create something that can go even bigger.
0: Yes, I love that you and I have such a bipolar experience in terms of hitting that coveted 10K, whatever, five-figure month because- it's just, you know, for you, it sounded like a, a nervous system regulation experience where it was just so much right away. And then there was no foundation to sustain it anyway. So it's like, you think it's going to solve all your problems. You've got 10K in your bank account. And then it's like, well, what the fuck am I doing with this? Like, how do I do it again, right? And I think that's something that I really had to sit with is that particular question where there's been several months and now it's like definitely more consistent where I'm making over five figures a month. And, but when they were sporadic, And I'd look back and I'd be like, well, how am I going to do that again? Like, how am I going to do that again? And me asking myself that question was a direct correlation to the fact that I didn't actually have a strategy or foundation in place to scale my business. And it was like willy-nilly, didn't mean that I didn't work hard, but it was luck. And it was not actually a fucking framework to build on. And so it's so funny how we really as entrepreneurs, I feel like we get the medicine that we need through our experiences. And as much as we as much as we try to control it, we really don't have that much control.
1: Oh, so true. Well, and I always say like if, if a business coach ever guarantees you that they can start making you like five figure months like tomorrow basically, run. Just run. Like I <laughs> I've invested in several of those people, you know, you learn somehow, right? But like, no, it's a journey. And I feel like too, that again, that money isn't the final destination. So you mentioned nervous system work. And I want to go back to that because that's a core component of my coaching. I like to tell people that you are essentially playing like tug of war with your nervous system. You will never win. Like if you're trying to pull your nervous system along with you without having it be comfortable with the work you're doing, without having your... Again, like talking about up leveling, I think when we up level our nervous system, money is a byproduct of all the actions that we are now available to take and not be stressed out. If I can have fun cold calling people, then that's no longer a limiter for me. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not saying I have to do that strategy if I don't align with it, but if I'm so terrified and having a mental like a panic attack about the idea of cold calling someone, then that all of a sudden my business is going to be exhausting. It's going to be too much. It's going to like I'm now limited rather than building up what we're capable of doing with this ease and and sense of playfulness, that makes everything available to us. So that's, I'm so glad that you called that out. It's such a huge part that people just don't talk about. Everyone says that they have the strategy. And this is, I I really dislike my industry in a lot of ways, because they sell this like snake oil of like, oh, I have the strategy to make you $10,000 tomorrow if you just do this, this, and this. And then they'll often blame people when it doesn't work. Like they'll often say, this is your fault or you didn't put the work in or you didn't blah, 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 whatever. When in fact, people who don't have this nervous system regulation or don't have the tools to do some of these actions sustainably may have success here and there, but they're going to be on this treadmill. They're going to, like you said, they're always looking for, how am I going to do that again? God, that was so exhausting. Or you're so worn out that you physically can't do it again. Well, it's just from this lack of knowledge. It's a lack of awareness that we have to build up to these things. Some people are going to get there very quickly, depending on, you know, your history and how your nervous system is regulated to start with. But some people, it takes a lot more time and that's okay.
0: Yes. Okay. I'm loving this conversation because I've noticed lately that it's funny how you mentioned how feel like people aren't talking about this enough, like the nervous system regulation. Maybe I've just, because I'm aware of it, I feel like everyone and their cat is talking about nervous system regulation on social media right now. And for me, it was interesting because, and actually this is where the like money seminar is going to tie into our conversation because that was so pivotal for me last year in late fall. So I really noticed that my issue was, I almost had too much mindset energetics nervous system regulation going on and i was lacking the strategy to like execute so it was just i I would just be doing things like oh i'm not an energetic match for money i'm gonna go and like journal and eft and get really comfortable looking at my bank account like i'm doing all this energetic work and i'm like yeah i can totally sit here and see that i have 20 grand of debt i'm not shitting my pants where's the money like that's that's how it was going for me right and so it was interesting because you know i i sometimes I realized a lot last year in particular that I'd done so much of that inner work that I was lacking the ma- the masculine side of like actually executing an effective strategy. But I feel like some people are the opposite where like you said, there's people online who are like, oh, I'm going to give you the magic blue pill and you're going to make a million dollars in three seconds, you know? And we buy into this shit because- Again, that could be no nervous system regulation and we're seeking that external connection to something and we're giving our power away. But I'm really curious to hear your experience of that because it's, again, kind of like us comparing our entrepreneurial journeys. Like There was a very different start. And then me talking about the nervous system regulation, like that felt really dialed in for me, but it was the strategy that was lacking. So I'm curious what your experience has been with that.
1: Again, so glad you brought that up. So this is actually... such a fabulous topic. And it is one of the reasons that I structured my business the way that I did. So let's talk about niching for a moment. I promise I'll bring this back around. I think two things. One, that niching will actually help people recognize the kind of person that they're bringing in and whether they're coming from a place of being very mindset, very self-aware, mindset familiar, but lacking strategy. That's a niche in itself right? You're going to be targeting people who are looking for more strategy. And if you do so ethically, then you're going to acknowledge the people that aren't supposed to be, that aren't going to benefit from it, right? Same thing if you niche down to the people who need that energetic work, because there are people who have strategy all day, but then they're sabotaging and they're not coming to these levels because they haven't done that inner work. That's another niche, right? So what I found was most coaches specialize in one or the other. And, you know, any client that comes your way is gonna be coming from a background of kind of having a strength in one or the other or neither. What I have done that makes me really special as a coach is I've specialized in both. I know that that is not advised. (laughs) We always say like specialize, specialize. I believe that there's power in being a generalist in this area because if someone comes to me and they appear to be very, very strong in strategy and they're like, I don't need, you know, I don't need mindset work. I just want strategy. Then when I get into working with them, I'm gonna be able to pull from both worlds, right? So if they're they're really strong in one or if there's an area where they're really strong in one, I don't wanna have to refer them out. Like, I don't wanna have to send you to a life coach when we're three quarters of the way into your million dollar product launch. You know what I mean? Like I've done launches where we're we're spending six figures to launch a product. And if three quarters of the way in, you're not showing up because your mindset can't handle it. I don't, we don't have time for you to work through that with someone else for six months, right? So I learned that very, very early on. One of my first clients that was a similar to that example and so I bring in both. I really heavily emphasize both as being equally important and as a coach, having the discernment to know when a client needs one versus the other. And this is coaching, right? When to push, when to allow, when to encourage, when to kind of put them against the, the ropes a little bit. This is all part of being what I believe an ethical, well, well-rounded coach. So I'm so glad you brought that up because it, it can't be one or the other. It won't work without both. I will say, I think that mindset is, that foundation. It's 75% of the work strategy then comes out of that repetition and a commitment to doing something over and over again and optimizing it. So people who come in with just strategies, like you might have a long way to go,
0: <laughs> you know yes, what I'm saying? Yes. But when
1: you did all that mindset work, you weren't getting any results, right? Cause you need that 25%. It's going to get you all those results.
0: Yes. This is so good. And you know what I really think? I think that women like female entrepreneurs are the ones that are changing the industry around this because we're just so much more aware and we're so much more in tune. We're so much more empathetic. We're more sensitive. We just have that mothering touch of, okay, you want to build big shit, but you're going to do it from the space of feeling like you're safe in your body. Whereas I feel like men, they just operate differently and they're just going to push through the shit because that's energetically they're they're not they're not cyclical beings in the way that that women are and so I just love that like I'm hearing you and I I see myself in what you're saying too because I'm obviously bringing human design gene keys and business together like there's the strategy and there's the energetics together right and it really it really really lights my heart up like the women that I work with are usually women who are very. Feminine flow energetics, like they've done a lot of the inner work, but they're lacking the strategy. And I love that you know it's like okay, I I get to bring that to you, but it's not in this gross like bro marketing kind of way. It's in a way that's actually going to be sustainable. And so it's just like oh, I'm just getting so excited because one thing that I've really connected with lately is that the work that we're doing is just so important because doing business coaching, like we're helping people get their work out into the world. Like it's the start of a yes. ripple effect, and it's just so mind blowing to me that this is the work that we get to do and it it just like makes me want to cry sometimes happy tears like so many happy tears
1: no I feel the exact same way and like I'm not a crier I just don't cry for the most part but like I I get so moved like especially when people someone messages me and is like you know you helped me have this impact and some of the impacts people have had are insane like I said like I said it, it always amazes me people almost always come to me for business growth and then they'll like meet the love of their life and have some opening for authenticity that allows them to just like experience a connection they've never experienced before you know like stuff like that and I'm like this isn't just impacting this person in this moment and this is why I actually tell people that our work is so important even if you're not a coach the work that we do extends so far beyond the person or animal right in front of us it impacts everything that they touch and that's huge so like those of us who have a calling for this so speaking of women like kind of leading the way I truly feel that there's a paradigm shift coming in business. Everyone I know is oriented towards community, collaboration, connection. We're seeing that these ways of competition and just short-term gain are not working. They're not sustainable. I think women are uniquely in tune with these kinds of cycles, like the earth cycles, and this this new way of being that is a lot more connection-centered. I think that women have always been that way, but we're experiencing a new level of freedom in stepping into our self-expression. We're, we're experiencing a new level of freedom and part of my calling again is this idea that it's okay to disappoint people it's okay to provoke people and and you know take hate online that's fine, right? Because we're doing something so important that it really transcends our pride. It really transcends those moments of our ego, right? And that's where I feel like women are waking up to that and realizing like, oh, it's okay if no one finds me sexy or like feminine or whatever. I can be authentically myself and step into my power. And those two things aren't mutually exclusive.
0: Yes. Oh my God. I hope all, all the women listening to this, this episode today, you're getting your tires pumped. <laughs> that's, that's what this conversation is about right now. which is so... So good. Because it's really, it really lights me up, you know, getting to work with women who, They're in the trenches and they're figuring out like, what am I doing? How am I bringing this together? Like, how am I really going to get this out into the world? And it takes a lot. Like, it's a laborious activity. You know, it's like you're putting your heart and soul into it. You're doing things you've never done. You're learning how to do content. You're learning how to sell. You're learning how to launch. Like, you're doing all this work. And on top of that, you're also really focused on honoring yourself, right? Using these tools, like if it's astrology, human design, gene keys, or just general energetics work That we use, it's just all of it together. Like, I feel like we don't acknowledge ourselves enough because we get so focused on, you know, the results, like the money, thinking that's going to solve our problems. Right. So, I would love to, I want to talk a bit about the money seminar that we did together because that was so transformational for me. And I know it was for you too. And so, I'll just give a bit of context to the listeners. So, Through Landmark Worldwide, they have a series of seminars that you can do once you've completed their main program called the Landmark Forum. So these seminars, they run for three months. They are a two and a half hour call once a week. You're in a group and then you can reconvene once a week as well. And you do the homework and assignments and you go and you like really work on your shit. Like you just really looking at taking responsibility for your behavior. And obviously the theme was money. So I'm really curious if you're open to sharing, Emily, what had you sign up? for the money seminar and like what was the transformation that you had because this for me was like I had such a breakthrough in you know the energetics and this the structural side of money but I want to hear what came through for you
1: yeah absolutely so first of all just kind of a shout out to Landmark like I actually really have gotten a lot out of their programs I've done a lot of their work and really it's like a super legit company so just short shout out for that this seminar I signed up because I've always been a little bit obsessed with money, but it's never been enough either. You know what I'm saying? So like, I used to think that when I hit six figures a year, that I would be good to go, like just happy, done. You know what I'm saying? And then I did it and I was like, I feel so empty. (laughs) I was just so unsatisfied. I had, you know, I, I had everything that I thought I wanted and it just wasn't it. And so then I'm starting to do it in different ways. And I'm just like, you know, again, I'd have a big month and feel nothing. And, but I'm like, I'm still obsessed with money. So it just wasn't adding up for me. So in the money seminar, what I was looking for is like, what is going on here? I just really couldn't. And I've always been good with money as far as, you know, I, I do track my monthly, uh, statements, you know, credits, debits, investments every month. I look at my money picture. Like I've done a lot of, if you you can think of a money course, I've probably taken it, (laughs) you know? And what I got out of the money seminar was that I wasn't using money to create something meaningful for me. I was looking at money as the end goal, not money as a tool that I could use to make the kind of difference I want to have in my life and to influence my life and create something from my own brain, from my own calling is what I would say, like my spiritual calling and that was what really shifted in the seminar was recognizing like yeah okay i have enough money i'm doing well with money i'm checking the boxes But that sense of fulfillment actually comes from being willing to invest in the things that I care about. Like having that integrity, having that sense of responsibility for like, I want to change the world. All right, let's put my money where my mouth is literally and start making enough that I can make a real difference for these causes. And so that's where I started investing in things that I had said I would do once I had a, when I was a millionaire. You know, I I always had this like once I'm a millionaire. Okay. So six figures wasn't it, but once I'm a millionaire, I'm really going to start doing as you know. And and it really was the case that money became a tool for me. It was no longer the end goal. It became a, a true flow of energy that was moving through me responsibly, like into my savings account, into my investments, into my other things, but also into these causes, into people that I believed in. And it all of a sudden there was no resistance anymore. There was no resistance of like, how much is this worth? Or how much can I charge for my services? I recognize that the work I do has nothing to do with money. It's, it's honestly so much more valuable than money. And money is this tool that flows through people to make change. So I hope that makes sense. I went off a little bit there, but...
0: Oh no, that was so good. And I, I really loved what you were saying, because I know that in I've done a shitload of money courses. And I think that $155 seminar probably did it for me more than the 2000 freaking USD dollars I've spent elsewhere. Absolutely. And what I'm really hearing is when you're talking about money being a tool and you know, this kind of this neutral standpoint that gets talked about a lot in money courses like I hear that, like I get it. But I think the way that you said using money to create something Cause you were generating all this income and then you were feeling empty inside. It's like, well, what the fuck is this? Like I'm just throwing money into this black hole and nothing's coming of it. Like what's wrong. I need more. Oh, well, I must need more. That's what people think. But I think like you said, looking at how you create with money, right. And that's something that I think is so powerful for people to really get because When you talked about, you know, money isn't an end goal, like there's no like if you ask people, oh, how much money do you think you need to retire, they're going to say a number. But then you get to that point and like, guess what? Inflation, you probably needed more. There's going to be unexpected things like it's just we never actually know what we need in terms of that final number. So it's like, how can you create with it, like flow with it ongoingly? Right. So that's really what I heard in your sharing, which I thought was like, that was just so satisfying. Cause it wasn't like, Oh, just make more in this linear experience of being a business owner. And every month you're going to make more and you're going to hold that. Right. Cause that's the narrative that we hear.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, and two, one thing that I just came up for me while you were saying that too, is that I think we often think of ourselves as the source of money, which this gets talked about in money courses, but it didn't click for me until this seminar either, was that like, we don't have to create money. When we say we have to make money, there's a lot of like, to make really has this uh, work behind it, right? Like it creates this imagery of like having to put in effort. And what I have found being like a spiritual person is that the the universe has always provided everything I need. So as soon as I started giving my energy towards that creation, I had just went forward with the belief that I will always have the money that I need. And so, you know, we're talking about looking at causes and saying, I want to donate $10,000 to this cause. Well, again, I, if I don't have that, let's just say I didn't have that in my bank account well, then all of a sudden there's people that I can talk to that have that, that I can get to donate. So that started happening through me and through my clients. Like I work with nonprofits, leaders of nonprofits. And they started having that experience through me bringing that energy to our coaching calls through that seminar. That's what I created. And then all of a sudden they have people coming through that want to donate a quarter of a million dollars a year when their maximum donation in the past had been like $2,000, like, you know, just crazy stuff like that. But it all came through this, this energy of the universe will provide for me. I'm here to create something. I'm willing to be unstoppable. I'm not willing to let myself hold myself back. I will take responsibility for creating this. Let's do this. And man, it just is so enrolling for you know everybody to get on board with that.
0: Yes. Oh, my God. And I, I love what you just said, too, about how we think we have to create the money. We have to generate the money. And that's so egotistical when you look at what you were talking about earlier, how things are shifting, especially with women and in the industry around collaboration, community, connection, and so on. Right. I think that for me in the money seminar, what came through is that I was really in such a state of victimhood around money because I was sitting on when I went into the seminar, I was sitting on the possibility of consolidating my debt. And I was about to like cut myself off the knees, completely fuck my credit score and just and just take full responsibility for what was happening. And it was interesting because what I noticed was that I was living in the story that money had control over me was like okay if there's a little bit of money or a lot of money like it's affecting me and then I wasn't the one that was like well actually I get to decide where this goes I get to decide how to move this and then like you said the creative piece it's like well I get to decide how I'm going to create with others with myself like it just it put me back in the driver's seat where I feel like people, you know, we're going to have stories like, oh, inflation or, oh, I have a mortgage or, oh, I just I'm broke. I'm this and that. And it's just continuing to project this disempowering context around money where we think that, you know, I think in, in let's say in the coaching industry, a big thing is like, oh, you need to be responsible for your energetics around money right? But people don't talk about your behaviors and actions around money, which is the things we did, looking at our assets, looking at our liabilities, looking at having a budget sheet, actually tracking things, right? And then it's like, okay, then there's the responsibility of creating, which is also our language that we speak about money. And so it was so interesting because I just felt like in the seminar, there's so many tools and conversations that happened where I felt those three kind of pillars of like the energetics, the behavior and then the language that really cr- allowed us to shift the context of our experience with money, which is like, for me, so satisfying. So I, I love to hear your story. Cause again, we've had different yeah. experiences, but we can like, we're like complimenting each other, which I think is really yes, cool. It's
1: perfect. One thing I want to bring up too, before I answer that question is that in the coaching industry, if you have studied personal development for a while, one of my biggest pet peeves is the idea that someone has like a money block. Like, this is a common linguistic tool where coaches will say like, oh, you just have a money block. That's the problem. Or like, you know, blah, 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 blah. I think that is such BS. I think it's a marketing tactic, honestly. Like, we might have certain beliefs around money or we might have certain, like, I get get what they're getting at, right? Like a, a, a limiting belief that's blocking you from accepting a flow of abundance. But to say that someone has a block creates something that doesn't actually exist. It creates a tangible like block restriction constraint that does not exist rather than actually working at the source, which is to say that, like, do you feel worthy of money? What are your beliefs around money? And I think that's what the seminar really did is we had to confront exactly what our beliefs were. We had to confront exactly where we were saying that money would fix all our problems or like, you know, any other stories we had around it. Right. Rather than working from like, oh, there's something wrong with me. I have a money block that I can't get over and I've done all this work around it, but I still can't make money. You know, living from that place, we don't have the availability of the actions like you're saying. Like if I truly believe that I have a money block, I'm going to be journaling for hours and hours and hours. I'm going to be taking actions consistent with having a money block versus me being able to say, I want to make a million dollars a year. I'm willing to look at anything that gets in the way of me taking action to do that. And then taking the actions to do that. You know what I mean? Like, like that's where that responsibility comes in. And I really dislike how my industry approaches it by saying people have blocks or saying that they have problems that they need to solve before they can start taking those actions.
0: Yes. It's like looking beyond, you know, you said it perfectly. Obviously, a money block is an obstacle in front of you on your path. And it's it's like a lot of the work gets us so distracted on, you know, giving us like a little shovel or whatever to dig it out or to break it down so that we can walk through it but what you can actually look at is like beyond the obstacle down the path and be like oh how can I jump over this right now and it's like oh look there's a hanging branch like I could grab onto that and get the fuck over this and move on right and I think that I think that that's and you're right it is a marketing tactic in the sense of like oh if you have this money block you need to come in here and you know pull it apart and focus on it and do all this healing but it's like if you you actually want to look beyond that it's kind of like when you're turning a corner in a car if you look right in front of you it's harder to turn but if you look up and around the corner it's way smoother right and so that's what I'm in visual like visualizing as you share this
1: yeah absolutely no it's so true and it's like it goes back to that nervous system regulation work to me too right so like When we are regulating our nervous system, okay, this is kind of a funny, like when we're regulating our nervous system, it's not necessarily when we're like imagining what it'll be like. like. I think a lot of people who get stuck in the energetic work, it's like, okay, well, I can't do it until I'm ready. And every time I think about doing this, I have to go to work on all these other things rather than going and doing it and actually being in the experience of it and then working through it at that point. like that's a Those are two very different things, you know what I'm saying? And so I think that this idea of blocks actually just reinforces this belief that we're not ready yet or that we can't do it yet. And it kind of allows that to persist rather than saying like, okay, I know that in order to make more money, I need to get more visibility for my products and have a higher conversion rate, right? Like visibility and conversion are the two things to focus on at the end of the day. Now, if I'm embarrassed or I'm not proud of my products, that's something that i can work on that's something that i can start testing now if i just go out and make myself visible and now i have all these fears coming up again i'm in that situation i can work through that i can see what comes up and work on it rather than sitting back and imagining what it'll be like to work through it or imagining where i might get hung up and working through it in advance you know like it's just a technique to kind of prolong or procrastinate those uncomfortable feelings which is totally human it's very very human And it's not going to get you results. So, so yeah, like what you're saying is perfect and it all ties together. You have to have that strategy and energy and, you know, all these components.
0: Yes. I think really what you're talking about is the, oh, I'm just going to sit here and visualize and imagine it happening, but without actually just doing it is, is, is robbing ourselves of building emotional resilience which is so fucking key if you want to be a successful entrepreneur when i say successful entrepreneur i mean that when you're in the lows of the lows you know that you're going to be okay when you're in the highs of the highs you know you're going to be okay like that that is the definition of nervous system regulation and when we when we when you were talking about the concept of being ready i love how people they're so good at saying oh i'm not ready It's like, okay, so you know you're not ready. So that means you're going to know when you are ready. So when are you going to be ready? But then that question, what it does is it pins people to make a decision. And then you realize, oh, I actually just have to make a decision. Oh, I actually just have to decide that I'm ready.
1: Can we rip on the on like deciding for a second and how we like just critical it is? (laughs) So, okay, first of all, I want to preface this by saying I am not perfect. Okay, this is still like it comes in layers. I've always said that like healing, growth, up leveling always comes in this like very circular layer, I think. And so for me, deciding to start my business felt like a big thing. But once I decided, it cuts off the anxiety. I, I heard a really beautiful, so I study mindset work, obviously pretty constantly. And so I was looking, I was watching this like science-based research in like procrastination and why people do it. And what they found was that procrastination creates anxiety because you don't trust that you're actually going to do it. You don't have integrity with yourself. And so when we come to this energy of deciding what actually happens is it cuts out that anxiety. I found this to be true in my business too. If I decide that I'm going to launch a product and I don't care if someone signs up or if they don't, and I I just decide it, then all of a sudden that anxiety is gone because I'm like, well, I better get my shit together before that date because that's the day it's happening and I trust myself to do that. I'm not worried if I'm going to push it out or, you know, not do it because I know that I've decided it. I think it's the same thing with our income and with other areas of our business. There's an energy that comes with when I decide that I'm going to make a certain amount in my business. All of a sudden, that's the only option. We're looking for those for those actions. We're looking for those things that we can do. You're not going to be on the sidelines doing all of this work forever. You know what I'm saying? So what are your thoughts on that, especially coming from what you said of doing so much energetic work and not taking the strategies? What is your thoughts on deciding?
0: Oh yeah. Oh my God. I'm so happy you brought this up. I feel like we're riffing on every single little trendy line that gets dropped in the coaching industry right now. So the deciding thing, it's funny because before when I was really in the energetic stuff and I wasn't really focused on the strategy and the framework of business and somebody I'd see a post online and somebody would be like oh I just decided and then I made twenty thousand dollars in one day and I'd sit there and be like f you that is a load of shit but here's the thing that I was missing in order to take the actual action needed to make that thing happen you have to decide first So that's what it is. It's deciding is the first action. It's not, that's not even an energetic thing. That's a, that's an action of I'm saying that I'm doing this now. And then, like you said, you go, you get on the court. You're not just sitting there, you know, calibrating your energy to the thing like you're actually like putting yourself out there showing up on stories you're selling you're going to do a launch for a lead gen into a paid offer and you're going to show face the entire time all the way through like you actually have to to do the thing and it's funny because there was something that I shared on uh, my last episode of 2023 I had two goals for this year And I didn't want to share the goals because I was like, if I say these fucking goals and I don't do them, I'm going to feel like an idiot. But I said them anyways. And they were to make the national touch rugby team to go play in the World Cup in July and then to pay off 40 grand of debt, which is insane. I was like, oh, maybe it'll take me a year. Like if I'm lucky, I don't know. Anyways, I made the team and I also paid off about 15 grand of debt and we're like the third week of February. And the reason why I'm sharing this is not to brag. I'm sharing this because I decided that that's what was going to happen in 2024. And then I went and did the things and it wasn't perfect. When I went, before I went to the training camp for the national trials, my cat bit my hand, it got infected and it was swollen and I couldn't train properly. Like it was just like, okay, but I decided, so I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to ride the bike. And then I'm going to start lifting dumbbells because I can't do barbells. And it's just, you keep, moving in that direction because you decided you don't just decide and then the universe of energy just drops it on your lap so that's something that i've been really passionate about because i think people are like oh i decided and then they wait and it's like no you need to go and fucking do something you've never done before to make it happen
1: yeah well and that's not deciding either like if you decide and you're like i hope this happens that's not deciding (laughs) like like if you decide that something's going to happen that means you're not attached to the outcome because like attachment is kind of different, right? But you're committed to the outcome. You're like, I'm going to do everything within my power to make this happen. Yeah. Huge. And I think another, I think honestly the core component that deciding gets at is just knowing what you want. Like that really is huge. You have to, if you're going to decide that is a statement of what you desire. And I think that myself included, I have struggled to, to really do that like sometimes one thing that's opening up for me lately in my business is that I still have a lot of energy of uncertainty of like a way of being of mine sometimes is being indecisive it's to just like we'll see how this plays out or you know like I I don't know if I'm going to create this product I'll see how it goes a lot of testing right well for me I made a decision for my year that I'm gonna have my biggest year ever and I'm gonna do so with ease and grace okay so it's gonna be fun it's gonna be flowy And in order to do that, I do not have the time or the energy to be indecisive. I really don't. That has to go. (laughs) And so as part of that evolution, I'm starting to see all these areas where indecision is present in my life. And I am really seeing where does it matter that I'm indecisive? Where am I just not willing to commit to something that I want? Because I'm not going to get myself up underneath it to make it happen. And in those areas where it's not worth me getting behind something, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to decide on it. It's not that I'm indecisive. It's a no. You know what I'm saying? I don't need to leave doors open that are going to take energy that I don't want to give. So now I am a hundred percent available for the doors that are a fuck yes for me. And the I am very decisive about that because I know what I want and I'm willing to put my energy behind making it happen. So I, yeah, I just think that's huge. Just like you said with the, your examples.
0: Yes. Oh my God. I'm so lit up by our conversation. We're just like feeding off each other so well right now. I love that. That It's funny because this is something that I noticed this year because I produced some pretty incredible results in the first two months. Like, and it's funny because it was unexpected, but I think also what happened was this focus. Like what you're talking about, the deciding is there's this very intentional focus. And there's no time to fuck around and find out. Like you're figuring it out and you're getting it done. That's what I love to say. The the, the line that people say online of like, oh, I'm going to might fuck around and find out. Like, I I don't like this. I say you figure it out and you get it done. And that's what it is. What you just said is like, if it's not, related to what the fuck it is that I desire, it's a no. And that makes life so simple because I think that's what happens. is like, it's kind of like going into a grocery store and you know you need to go in there and get a freaking lamb roast. And all of a sudden you start walking through all the aisles and you're like, oh, maybe I'll get some like, you know, Cheerios or I'm going to buy some strawberries and oh, maybe should I get homo milk or should I get almond milk? And you're getting distracted by all these things that aren't actually associated with, you need rosemary, thyme, roasted peppers and the lamb rolls and you get the fuck out of the grocery store. Right. So this is what happens is we distract ourselves. And so I, I really love that you brought that up. And I was just listening to you. and I was like, oh, my God, this resonates so hard for me right now.
1: I love that you gave, I was just about to give an example because I love that you gave the example. So an example of this in my business is very tangible is I have an assistant and I chose to get an assistant who lives in Canada, by the way, which I know is where you are. And, but I pay her very, very well. She's highly skilled. This isn't someone that I'm just outsourcing from, you know, the Philippines or something, which, you know, no hate, but it's not the, the direction I chose to go. Her time is very valuable to me. And there was something, a project that I had her working on for one of my products. So we were going to launch some ads for it. We're doing all this stuff. And we're probably like 10 or 15 out of her hours into this at this point. So this has cost me hundreds of dollars. And I am just not feeling it. I'm just like, I just can't get behind it. I keep trying to convince myself to. I was being, I noticed myself being very indecisive of like, should I do this? Should I do that? And honestly, so at the end of our kind of connection call to sync up on this, I was like, you know what? We're scrapping it. We're throwing all this away. I, I was like, I really appreciate your time, but this is a no for me. I don't have the energy in my business to pursue. I don't feel energetically aligned with the leads that I believe this is going to bring in. I'm trusting my intuition that even though I have a sunken cost in this project, we're scrapping it. What ended up happening was instantly in that space, I a product came to mind that I was like, this is a lower income product for me, but it has a lot more reach and it's perfectly aligned with this, the clients that I want. So, instantly we're, we're repurpose as much as we can get that launched. And all of a sudden we're bringing in the exact right people. We're bringing in the people that are actually going to be working with me in the future that I feel like I really want to be connecting with and helping and growing, like getting on my list. So in that moment, I could have kept going down that one path. I could have said, all right, well, I'm already, you know, invested in this, yada, yada, let's see what happens. And I didn't have space for the perfect alignment because I was on this indecisive path. When I cleared that out and was willing to just cut you know, trust that it would work out. That's
0: when that perfect alignment opened up. That is so good. And I think people need to really hear in what you're sharing, the level of trust that you have to have with yourself when you have that intuitive nudge and something is crunchy and you know, it's crunchy, not because you're self-sabotaging, but because you don't have a sense of desire within that. that's time to throw that thing away right it's time to move it out of the way and I think I think the really important thing here is looking at well how do I know if it's self-sabotage or how do I know if it's actually a no because some people think self-sabotage like they're self-sabotaging they think it's a no but they're self-sabotaging right and what what you need to do when you get to that point like for you I think what happened is that you're you knew what you wanted And you knew that this is not aligned with what I want. So that was a no, Whereas some people might think, well, what if it doesn't work out? And what if I invest all this money and this doesn't happen? So what you need to look at is if you took away all the negative heavy feelings, is the desire still there? If the desire is still there, you move the fuck forward. You put away your Cheerios and strawberries and you go get the Lambros like that's just You know, and I really wanted to specify that because there's so many times where I've been working with clients and they're in the process of doing something and it's not going how they want it to go. People aren't signing up, people aren't engaging on social media and they're like, oh, maybe I'll just like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you're not stopping here because you don't see the results yet that you're self-sabotaging. The desire is still there. You have to connect with the desire. And that's really what I'm hearing from what you were sharing
1: hundred percent. I'm so glad that you also called out learning to distinguish between our intuition and our fear. That's what I heard in what you were sharing, learning to distinguish those heavy feelings for what they are, which is just that doubt and fear and ego, like wanting to look good, that kind of thing versus our intuition, our calling. Am I creating this because it's important? It's meaningful. Those are the things that are worth doubling down on, you know, not all this fluffy stuff that might be more easily attainable, I do want to say one thing, though, and this is not critical. This is just a a stance I have. I don't believe in self-sabotage. And and that's a created stance I have in that I think what people call self-sabotage is an opportunity to heal. And when we refer to it as self-sabotage, I think it creates like an opposition of the self where you're saying like, oh, I am sabotaging myself. I am working against myself. And again, it's just like a very slight shift, but I tell my clients to view it as an opportunity to heal. So when that comes up, your spirit is giving you a, or your psyche is giving you a perfect opportunity to say like, something about this feels unsafe. Something about this is triggering an action for you. That's going to bring you back down to a certain level. This is uh, this is a perfect opportunity to look at what that is, to work through it, to uplevel your, your regulation around it or whatever rules, whatever beliefs you have around it. And that's, it's just going to keep showing you that you can't willpower your way through these things. Right. And self-sabotage, we often see people say like, just stop doing that. Just willpower through it. No, like it's an opportunity to see what's coming up. And that's just like, it's it's just so laser focused on something that you believe is holding you back. Does that make sense?
0: totally i love that you brought that up in terms of the language reframe around self sabotage because what you just helped me see is that it's really about the integration of self we're going to have all these versions of ourselves right there's going to be the fear there's going to be the desire there's going to be you know the little version child of ourselves there's going to be the dreamer of us in 10 years from now all of that needs to be integrated because we take all of that forward into the work that we do and so i love that you reframe that self-sabotage as an opportunity to heal it actually reminds me of how i talk about the shadows and the gene keys how we're not here to get rid of the shadows we're here to integrate them like those are our points of resilience and from there is how we start to look at our behavior and how we're being to access the gift and the city expression of the gene keys so that when you said that i just immediately made that connection connection and i thought wow i think i'm probably Never going to talk about self-sabotage like that again, because that's just, you just created a more empowering context around it, which is amazing. Hell yeah. Well, yeah. And
1: you're so right. Like the shadows, we're not supposed to get rid of our shadows. Like our light attributes have shadows. Like that is what they are. If we got rid of our shadows, we wouldn't have our light. So yeah, perfectly said. I'm so glad you brought embodiment and like integration into it. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's so good. Oh my God. Okay. This conversation was so juicy and we just like ping ponged for almost an hour and I absolutely loved it. Can you please share with our audience an intuitive piece of wisdom that you want to leave with them today?
1: Ooh. All right. Let me look. I think the number one thing coming through for me right now is look at the rules that you have in your life and be willing to consider that they're not actually the rules of how you have to live. That's just, yeah, right there.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love this. And this really ties into everything we talked about today in terms of just constantly looking at and taking responsibility for how we're behaving, how we're seeing things, how we're using our language. So again, the rules, because those are the things that we say to ourselves and those are the things that we live by. That's beautiful. So my last question is, can you please share with our audience where they can connect with you online? I'm going to put all the links and everything in the show notes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm most active over on Instagram at aligned underscore CEO. Please do send me a message. I actually love talking with my you know, followers, people in this community. Uh, I'm trying to be social on social media. So that's the number one way to connect with me one-on-one. Uh, you can also check out my website at thealignedceo.com.
0: Amazing. Thank you again for coming on Emily. I really loved our conversation. Like this was actually such a fun way to start my morning. And I'm just so happy that we're in each other's lives and we have so many similarities and everything. It was really beautiful. Thank you for coming on.
1: Thanks so much for having me on and creating this space. Like you, you absolutely created the container for this and it is, was such a fun conversation. We got some really good stuff.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. I think people are taking notes. They got some gems from this. I know it. Thank you so much. For the listeners, I want to thank you for being here. Please take a moment to subscribe to the channel and leave a review. And just a reminder that I have a giveaway going on right now until March 6th. Leaving a review on Apple and Spotify when you share that screenshot of your review from Apple in the link in the show notes you will get entered into a draw to win a 45 minute session with me or the gene keys business guide it's going to be your choice and if you're somebody who wants to do bonus entries if you share any of my podcast episodes on instagram and tag me i'll give you a bonus entry so thank you so much for listening and i'll chat with you in the next episode